0: In episode 8.1 of Unshuffled, we discuss Inflicted, the first album from Cavalera Conspiracy. Let's go. Listeners, once again, welcome back to Unshuffled, and welcome to all our first-time listeners, of course. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me, as he always joins me, but from a slightly different place than you might be used to, Mr.
1: Scotty D! Do do you think they can hear in our voice when we travel around the world? I don't know. Uh, There's a few things
0: they might notice different, namely, no baseball games outside your classroom window this time
1: that is true that is true i just wonder like when they hear me speak they're like oh yeah he's definitely he's definitely in vermont yeah um well, well good morning to you you know the other thing is that and that nobody out there in our listening world cares about but normally you're the one doing the morning shift and i've yeah. got the afternoon now we we've reversed that so good morning to you matt
0: and good afternoon to you i think they might notice it cuz i'm normally a little bit uh a little, I'm not really a morning person, put it that way, uh, so maybe you'll you'll notice a bit of perkiness. Um, it's afternoon here, a nice summer afternoon in the Belgian countryside, so you might hear the sounds of bird, ch- birds chirping through my window, and uh, I think I can hear some lawnmowers off in the distance, just for a bit of ambient noise here. Anyway, we are Unshuffled, thanks, thanks listeners, we always appreciate you tuning in our growing audience around the world, the the revolution. We're bringing back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album. And we always look forward to the beginning of a new chapter, and we have one here today, a new band, specially selected, one we've both been meaning to listen to or should have listened to, which is the whole point of this show, stuff we should have listened to but never got around to. How we missed this band, I have no idea. Two so called metalheads, and yet Cavalera Conspiracy, prior to this little uh, last month or so, has never been on my headphones. I've never heard them at all. So I was really keen to get into them as a a big fan of Sepultura, but not so much Soulfly. So uh, anyway, I think we had a rule we're not going to talk about Sepultura too much. We'll try and hold on to that, but uh, perhaps just before we enforce that rule, you can quickly talk about your experience with the Cavaliera with the Cavaliera boys in the past. Uh,
1: I'm, I don't know. I feel I do. I'm a little bit more embarrassed to say that I haven't listened to them because I do. I'm a. I, I like, I like Max. I just, I, I enjoy the stuff that he did with Sepulchre, as you said. But I really like Soulfly. And and I'm probably. I know I'm the one that established this rule that we don't want to sort of talk about the past stuff that they did. Um, but there are aspects of both bands that I I really enjoy and that I was kind of expecting to hear with this one. And I'll I'll save that till the end. Um, but I, I have no good excuse for why I'd never listened to Cavalier Conspiracy until now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about music, right? You can always, you know, if you miss something, just recognize it and do something about it. And, uh, As we always say, the best way to do it with any band is to start at the start, and that's what we're doing today with their very first album. There's a couple of links. There's also a link to another band that we've done on this, which we might get into when we talk about the lineup of the band. But uh, before we get into all of that, perhaps you can do your uh, regular duties and uh, talk about the album that we're, we're discussing today, which is called Inflicted. So let's hear the details.
1: Let's do it. Uh, this is the first album by Cavalera Conspiracy. It's called Inflicted. The release date was March twenty fifth of two thousand eight. It was produced by Max Cavalera and Logan Mater. Logan Mater, interestingly enough, played with Machine Head, a band that just keeps coming up in our list, yes. but we keep yeah. we keep knocking them down because they've got like nine albums.
0: Yeah, we, um, one day, one day, I'm, I think we have to do them one day. He also produced. An album that we've spoken about at length, you know, we've given the unshuffled treatment. Uh, He was the producer on one of the Gojira albums, The Way of All Flesh, uh, in the exact same year I think they were released. That was another link to something we've we've touched on before.
1: And he did something with Soulfly as well. I don't know if he worked as a producer or if he played with them. Label is Roadrunner and uh, it was recorded at Undercity Studio in Hollywood, California, which... I don't know, I guess for whatever reason, I thought that Max Cavalera, because I think he lives in Arizona, and I just kind of figured everything he did now was all sort of, I don't know, I just kind of pictured like painted Arizona desert style and everything he does now. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal, but I was somewhat surprised that it was at Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, Lineup, sorry, is Max Cavalera, vocals and guitar, Mark Rizzo, who plays a soul fly, and Il Nino, I think for a while as well um on guitars igor cavalera this is the grand reunion in fact this album exists and we can talk about this when it comes to it but as a reunion of max and igor and uh mr joe duplantier on bass and doing some guitar there and some backup vocals Mm. and then we have a couple guest musicians that we can talk about now or we can talk about when the time comes
0: yeah let's talk about those when we get to the tracks if we if we remember Yeah. Now you've been listening, I I think, through one of your streaming services. I've got the CD, so that's been my listening. That's been my main way of listening, uh, as well as through, uh, I think, Amazon. One of those when I've been out and about. Interesting CD cover. Very plain cover. Just a plain red background. (coughs) It's a plain red background with the band's logo, which is a stylized cc back to back very reminiscent i thought of the black flag symbol with the just the vertical bars and apparently the logo design is done by someone called what's her name lema layton who also contributed some music and i believe is the wife of one of them, perhaps Igor's wife. So she's hmm. done the the logo, uh, and I'll put a link to some of her stuff. And she did the stuff in the outro in the very last track. So she's a DJ as well. So, um, but a cool symbol, and I think not. I, I think you'd agree with the black flag comparison there.
1: Yeah, I, I saw I saw the same thing. I really like this album cover. I think it, I like that it's just very. It's very sort of clean. I, I I like and I like when bands have cool logos. Right, mm. And so you mentioned Black Flag, uh, even like Van Halen with like the VH or Dead Kennedys mm. with the DK. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like, I like when a band has a cool logo. I like that Cavalera Conspiracy comes out of the gate with their cool little logo.
0: Yeah. And I think that's consistent having looked ahead to the album covers. I think they keep that very clean and simple style on their future albums too.
1: I read somewhere actually that the band was originally supposed to be called Inflicted. Yeah, I read that, and there was some link to Indonesia, or, or like yeah, to a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think I talk about that when we talk about the song. Maybe I don't. Yes, I do. I talk about that in track one.
0: Okay. Oh, with that in mind, do you want to do you want to get into it? Or are we, we ready it? to? Yeah,
1: let's do it. Um, is, there,
0: is there anything else we need to discuss before we do that?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good.
0: I might just remind the listeners that if you haven't listened to this yet, please pause this, come back to it, you know, go and have your own first impression before you hear us. Besides, you don't want to hear us talking about songs that you've never heard. I mean, that's not really the point of this whole thing. We want you to treat this as a sort of conversation that you can have and join in on after you've listened to the album yourself. So go and do it. Uh, As we've mentioned, it's available on whatever streaming service you'll you're signed up to and you might even be motivated to go and purchase the, the physical media after that which is always worth it if you can. But uh yeah go and have a listen if you haven't well worth a listen and it's not that long an album you, you spend about 30 40 minutes with it and then you'll have a much better idea of of what we're talking about. So come back to us when we're done if you haven't done so already. Okay.
1: With that in mind, let's well, go. That- all right, well, let's just start. Here we go. So, inflicted first track on the album, and I'll start with the Indonesia thing. Now, first off, because I mean, th- this podcast was was birthed in in Indonesia, um, along with one of your children, uh, <laughs> and this is this is where where we we sort of we started. This is where we were neighbors. So, d- the Indonesia thing stuck out to me maybe more than it would the average listener. Hmm. But this song, apparently the inspiration for this song came from and i believe it goes all the way back to sepultura days uh when they were on a tour and in indonesia and max's wife drank some sort of snake-based beverage and uh something about was there like some sort of like snake poison shot uh. or something Ugh. And well, that was-
0: not a not a snake smoothie it might have
1: been Coca-Cola snake. Um, And so anyway, that was the inspiration for the song. I think that was when he was saying that the lyrics for the song started. And as I understand it, just from um, what I've read online, so do with that what you will. uh, But this was really, this song was supposed to be a Soulfly song. He had been working on this song. It was supposed to be for Soulfly. Soulfly. Uh, Out of the blue, his brother called him up. They reconnected. Max got super excited, wanted to join forces with his brother again, uh, brought this song, and they jammed it out. And Max was like, all right, we, you know what? We got to put a band back together. And his brother asked, do you have more songs? And he says, apparently, yep, I got 11 more songs. And he didn't. This was the only song he had. And so he... Maybe that
0: sort of dishonesty is part of the reason they were, uh, you know, having their problems in the first place.
1: <laughs> right. So apparently he went back home, whipped up 11 more songs quickly <laughs> to bring something back to Igor to, to, to do the album. Anyway, so this song was sort of the, it started early days, I think pre Soulfly Fly, uh, brought the brothers back together, um, was originally going to be the title of the band or the name of the band but then for whatever reason, it wasn't. Um, oh, I, it, oh, here's why. Because there's another band called Inflicted, and that was the reason for the stylized spelling. The 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 K instead of the C was because when it was going to be the band name, they had to change it to a K, and then they just changed it all together. Anyway, all right. So okay. the, the beginning of the song, I feel, has kind of like this, th- there's a new metal sound to the song. And if you look at the date, like, okay, 2007 is probably when they were working on it. So, all right. it's It was sort of what was happening at the time. This kind of an, an industrial beginning, um, maybe kind of Nine Inch nails ish And that somewhere, like kind of in the middle part, there's this weird like corn style breakdown. So you, you kind of hear the influence of the time, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And I, I like... I mean, I like the rolling drums that, that play throughout. I like the, the way the guitar comes in and out with the whammy and the breakdown. Um, I, I like the way they do that kind of corn style. You know what I'm saying? Like where the feedback kind of squelching yeah, yeah. That, that happens. But I, I think this is a great song to start with, uh, a, a great reintroduction to the to the brothers kind of doing their yeah. thing again.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the of the four elements of this band, the one that's new for me and it's not new for you is the guitarist Mark Rizzo or Rizzo, as I would have pronounced it, or as my Italian wife would have pronounced it. So he's the new thing for me. The other stuff sounds very familiar. But I've never heard Rizzo before. And that's the thing that jumped out straight away. That sound was the that discordant sound in the in the first few bars. It's like fingernails down a chalkboard, you know, it's it instantly just grabs your attention and there's a crazy solo he plays later on we spoke on the last album we reviewed which had a Tom Morello solo about this idea of a guitarist sounding like they're from another planet you know like the, like this alien sound and there's very few times that that feeling gets evoked but but i f- i found it listening to morello probably i remember the first time i listened to one and justice for all by metallica i just thought wait this is, from, this is from Neptune or something, you know, that that alien sound. But I, I get that in, in Rizzo's guitar playing, and I love it. Um, and I love the solo he plays in this. I like the link to Indonesia, and it feels Sepultura to me. I think that's the last time I can mention them. I think that's my quota already. But they always represent to me the third world and the anger and frustration of, of growing up in a third world country and, and just dealing with the injustice of it and being confronted with it. And, and that's what it's always represented to me. So I like the fact that there's this link back to Indonesia, which is, you know, another country that has its share of troubles and injustices, as we've seen having lived there. So this very much represented that third world uprising that, you um, that the two brothers have always represented to me. So, yeah, great great song. Um, really enjoyed it and a, and a really strong opening. The next song is called Sanctuary. This is the single. There's a film clip that goes with it. And uh, it's, a, it's a funny film clip. It's a sort of tongue-in-cheek horror film. I, I, I thought it was okay. My, my issue with the film clip is that it annoys me when film clips – there's sound effects that intrude on the actual song. So, yeah, there's this sort of, um, I don't know, this sort of undead creature that goes on a rampage through the studio they're playing in, which is good fun. But then, yeah, he's he sort of the growls of this creature intrude on the music. But uh, the song itself, I can see why they've chosen it. It's a crazy thrash song, this one, particularly the drumming on this and we spoke. Uh, we've spoken about Igor in the past, particularly when we were speaking about um, the Deplant. Uh, What's his name? Mario deplantier and, and his influence as a as a drummer. And Igor, to me, was always my you know him and Dave Lombardo. But uh, I I think Igor st- just stood out in his just that and again that third world that sort of Latin. Syncopation that he brought, whereas a lot of the metal drummers at the time were much more um, straight. I, t- you know, how do I put this into words? <laughs> That's kind of the whole point of a podcast, right? But you, you know what I mean—the <laughs> syncopation, that that almost sort of Latin, that Latin influence that he brings to his drumming, and that, and a bit of a tribal sound. He's insane on this track. If you just, folk I'd love to isolate the drum track. It almost sounds like. It's impossible. I don't know how he pulls this off, but he's obviously still a real force here, and he was keen to demonstrate that. Um, great riff, another one of those alien solos, and um, yeah, I found I also found some Arise era sort of influences here. So there's definitely they're definitely bringing in all of the the things from their past. But yeah, the drumming stood out for this for me on this one. How about you?
1: This is an album, I think, all the way through. This was, okay, so this similar to kind of a problem I ran into with Gojira. I don't know how to properly put words to what I'm trying to say about the drums. And that's what just happened to you. And it's, yes. the, same, it's the same thing that happened to me when talking about Gojira. And I think I'm going to see the same thing coming up here because I don't know how to describe it. It's like, oh, that cool rolling drum beat or whatever at like one minute 26. Like all I want to do is just like, listen to the song and go, okay, there, there, that that thing. That's awesome. (laughs) And that's at times, I feel like that's all I could say. Um, but I would love to isolate the drums. I think for this entire album and just listen to them as is, Mm. it doesn't go quite as I like what kind of happened with some of the, there's a tribal aspect that I feel is, um, missing. From this, that I, I was kind of hoping, um, that's not there. But the the just the mastery and the skill is definitely a play. And with this song, it starts again. I kind of hear that industrial layering in the beginning, kind of more ministry. And then there's this cool moment. I to just add on to what you've said already, where he shouts like underground, and then there's that break and mm. uh, goes into kind of that riff. But I I like the way that the guitar is kind of like it's almost like the guitar is sort of just like echoing off into the distance of the song, right? Like it's just, I don't know, there's this echo or reverberation and the guitar kind of just disappears and then comes back. So mm-hmm. sonically, I really like kind of what they're doing with it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, just to add to that, I, that, I've marked that underground moment as well. And often I feel like in the fast, it's it's the best payoffs in terms of a sort of breakdown style head nodding riff are in the heavier tracks because you've sort of done your time. You've spent a minute or two just being pummeled and all of a sudden there's a break and just a nice clean head bobbing riff. So that happens a few times throughout this album. Anyway, take us into the next one.
1: Next one is Terrorize, track three. I was hoping to be able to add some clarity to what I'm about ready to say by the time we recorded this. And I don't, this song is so familiar to me. And I don't know why, because I'm almost 100% positive I've never heard Cavalera Conspiracy before. But when I listen to this song, I don't know if it's the riff, I don't know if it reminds me so much of something else, or if I just have, I mean, it's, you know, it's been out since 2008, I suppose, listening to music, I've come across this at some point, but this song was so familiar to me when I heard it. There's the, the, the riff, right, but then I love the drums as it's sort of winding down and, and there's that sort of this, like these syncopated beats kind of breaking it all up, similar to what you were talking about in Sanctuary. There is an element here that does remind me, I was listening when I was listening to this album, trying to figure out is where's the influence of Joe Duplantier, if, if it's there even at all. And there was some bits here where I feel kind of reminiscent of how the the Duplantier brothers were inspired by the Cavalera brothers or if Joe Duplantier had an influence, but it was a little bit in this song. And then I feel like the bridge, anytime you see uh, anything Max Cavalera has done live, th- there's always that emphasis on kind of that circle pit, right? Where mm-hmm. they kind of, they do the, the, the thing around the circle and then start right? And the, the, the bridge kind of feels like it was sort of written for that. And then the end kind of just gives everybody a chance to catch their breath before they just go right in again. So it's almost yep. like there's a choreography to this song. Like th- yep. this would be the metal version of line dancing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in the liner notes for this one, there is a dedication on this song. It's dedicated to Jesus Pintado, rest in peace, who was in a band called Terrorizer. Apparently, according to, I don't know, Wikipedia or something, this is the person that coined the term grindcore as a as a new thing and um yeah i, I don't know perhaps there's some terrorizer influence I, i'm not sure but I, I haven't listened to terrorizer myself uh it's so thrashy um the this album and, and this song in particular i think you know we talk about albums being a call to arms i think this is a, a literal call to arms it's this there's a lot of anger on this album and you can hear it in the lyrics here you know this Let's kill is something that is said quite a lot, you know, and it's a theme from this album that that sort of, you know, that the world is so unjust, so unfair that, you know, that there's a sort of violent message here, which I'm, I'm not sure I'm overly... Uh, you know, I understand it, I guess, but uh, and uh, you know, the, the music is the way you can let out those feelings, and I guess that's what it's always been about for them. So, um, yeah, th- th- it is a theme, and um, you know, message aside, it's it's just a great rocking track, and, and some and, and again, the Rizzo stuff, the discordant Rizzo sound stood out to me. Uh, the next one, Black Ark. Now, there is a guest vocalist on this one, Richie Cavallero. Do you know anything about Richie Cavallero? Who I'm, I'm assuming he's related to? Related to them. Do you know
1: how? His Stepson. Uh, he's Max's stepson.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and he's also a singer for a band called Insight. Have you? Do you know them? I don't.
0: No, I don't know them. Um, I, I, it didn't stand out to me as being different, the vocally much different. So I don't know what his contribution is exactly.
1: I heard it. I so <laughs> I didn't hear it as much when I was listening to this in preparation for it over the speakers that I have in my classroom. I, I couldn't I couldn't disting, distinguish the difference quite as much. But when I was listening to it this morning on on my way to the dump, um, <laughs> it was uh, it in the car stereo. Uh, it was. Definitely more – it was more noticeable.
0: Right. Yeah, anyway, same sort of style. Uh, nice to have uh, some, some different input here and there, especially with the family connection. Um, what stood out for me? I mean, look, with some of the – a lot of these songs are very similar, so, you know, there's not much to, to talk about for some of these. This had Igor's tom work. It was a, was a standout thing. I always love it when he's up on the, the toms. And that's always a sort of signature sound of his, the the Igor toms. The, and that's, I, I suppose, if you are looking for the tribal influence, you, you can hear it now and then on with his tom work here and there. And then that double kick. And in combination with Rizzo's otherworldly solos, you know, you've, you've got all the ingredients for sort of metal metal heaven. There's a bit of a slower finish and a, and a chanting sort of, Ingredient throughout the latter half of this song, and a nice uh, a nice explosion uh, for this song. This song goes out with a bang. So uh, yeah, those were the things that stood out to me. But you know, I- I enjoyed the song, and it's really rocking along at this point.
1: So I was just i I was curious to know what a black arc was. I guess um, yeah. What so, you come up with? Well, so I looked it up. And it's one of two things. It's either some sort of element or thing in kind of that whole... Are you familiar with World of Warhammer? Uh,
0: I, I'm aware of it.
1: I had I had a student once do a presentation on World of Warhammer. And mm. it is, it's like this crazy, vast sort of thing that goes way beyond where we are even with Star Wars or Marvel. Right? It's just this vast intricate world anyway black Ark is either something from that or it's lee scratch perry's recording studio in jamaica so i'm 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 tended to think that this song is probably because if you look at the lyrics i think it's more about sort of this world of warhammer and i think richie cavalera actually wrote the lyrics to this song
0: Uh, okay
1: and so i think that's kind of i don't know i was just curious as to what it was about um the, and I do mention in my notes, the Toms, and that kind of brought in some more, the drums that I was expecting to hear more of. And mm-hmm. I think that there's also kind of, there is a, a a breakdown and you hear some of that, this again, where I was looking for the Joe Duplantier stuff and some of that sonic kind of inspiration of what Gojira does in sort of their later albums. I'm thinking like the chant and there's kind of um, yeah. this sort of that background Kind of mm. ambient noise yep. going that reminds mm. me of them. Which brings us into Ultraviolent, the second track on the album to have a guest musician. But I only saw this in one place. Does it say on the CD that Rex Brown is playing bass?
0: Yeah. So guest bass on Ultraviolet by Rex Brown. And it also mentions next to Joe Deplantia's name that he plays the rhythm guitar on. Yeah inflicted black arc and Ultraviolent.
1: okay that's what that's what i saw um so yeah we have and this song was also co-written by joe duplantier uh as i understand it so we got rex brown from pantera on uh on bass here well i think this what set this song apart from the others for me is that there were sort of three clear parts to this song that uh there was sort of that the 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 control, ultra, right that part. Um, And then there was the, the part where they go to the feel the agony. And then there was that sort of that Latin bit that interweaves with the guitar solo. And it's kind of this, it's this clean guitar, right? Not heavily distorted. And so there's just like this layer of madness and chaos. And there's like this clean guitar that's just sort of rising above it all. And, and I like how these three parts, the way they kind of just interweave throughout the entire song. And so I really like kind of the way that the song is just constructed and, and sort of like, I don't know, I envisioned it like almost like like blocks, like if you would sort of block this song out and the way that they kind of interlock and inter- interconnect. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, so... This does certainly stand out from the others so far as a different-sounding song. The tempo, obviously, is much slower. To me, it felt like a Gojira song. It could have been on a Gojira album, you know, vocals aside, and it could just as easily have been Mario on the drums. You could have fooled me. It sounds like maybe maybe Link, uh, the Link era. Mm. No. So it, it really does, there's a really strong connection with with that band here, I, I thought, that stop-start riff. Now, you're the English teacher here, so maybe you can help me explore this thought a little. But, I mean, lyrically, this seems to be a, a Clockwork Orange reference, right? Ultraviolence. Um, so have you, have you read a Clockwork Orange?
1: I have, but I don't remember... Yeah.
0: Because in, guess- in that bit that you said is Latin, the lyrics are bolshi vidi dies ere, Malchik's bazumi dies ere, the vochka's droogs dies Aren't Like, weren't droogs, was that something in clock in A Clockwork Orange? Like, aren't these words that those strange, is- violent people, they had this sort of language that they used.
1: Right. And they'd right. made up what their own they- words. What was Milk. In a Clockwork
0: Orange, Hold milk. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Go, Google away. I mean, if it if it I'm, I'm takes too, we can always cut this out if we need to. But um, be, I think from from my read when I read these, I just thought oh, yeah, I think they're a Clockwork Orange words, but I'm not like Devochka's, drugs, drugs was one.
1: Droogs they called each one. other
0: Mil- Droogs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And milk was moloko, moloko plus. You're right. It was all like that sort of that offshoot of Russian. Yeah. Droogs was it was what they used, it was slang for friend. Yeah. I didn't. How did I not? I didn't even put that together. I, I, was, I was so focused on the like the dsiere uh, dsiere. DS yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't
0: pick it up when I first listened to it, but just on reading the lyric sheet, I realized what they were saying. And then the you, ultra violence makes sense. The, the title of the song.
1: Yeah, it's a mix of. It's not so. It looks like it's a mix of Russian and Latin. Not every one of these words seems to be coming from a Clockwork Orange, uh, right. but but like drugs was that that yeah. was. That obvious. That was from. I don't think that's Russian. I think that's Clockwork Orange.
0: And Melchix I think. I, I seem to remember Melchiks. I mean, I I only saw the film. I never read the book. Okay. Uh, but oh no, there's uh, there's a website. Maybe we'll link to this. There's an appendix, a list of the Nadsat words and other fictional terms found in the book *A Clockwork Orange* by Anthony Burgess. So, uh, Melchik. So there's a whole list here. We'll link to these in the show yep. notes.
1: Melchik is uh, Russian for boy.
0: Melchik is boy, and it's used in that as well. Okay. Uh, so we've got Dovotchka's, which is a young woman. Uh Bazumi. What's Bazumi? Mad, Crazy. Yeah, so yeah, these are all Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, words. So there you, there you go. Um I must read that book. Is it is it worth reading? I mean obviously it's a classic,
1: but I mean I like the, f- the I mean I know, such a thing an English teacher would say. I like the book better than the movie. Of course you did. <laughs> it was uh I just I but I I guess I've yeah, there, there, there's stories. I think I feel like the movie focused on the violence, which the violence is definitely there in the book. Um, yeah. But there are sort of side stories that happen in the book that aren't picked up in the movie.
0: Right. Oh, we're on a tangent here, but I actually read a, a criticism by Tarantino of the film. He didn't, he didn't like it, and um, surprisingly, because he he found that Kubrick was trying to sort of intellectualize. This the violence, and trying to say, oh no, I'm not glorifying it. And Tarantino saying, of course he was, of course he was. You know, like the violence was central to the film. You can't say, you can't pretend. Like anyway, that was a complete tangent. Um, I I, yeah, but seeing the film didn't inspire me to read the book. But I, it's what's it like? It's about the descent of of society into into a of, you know, the sort of unraveling of society, you know, and, and a much more violent, you know, cha- a, a violent change in, in the times. Is that right? Something
1: like that? It is. Well, and then the, the sort of the whole thing with like the, the Russian connection was also a, a, a product of its time hmm. because it, there was that fear of like the red scare that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, Cause it was, I think it was from like 1960s. Was when it was uh but it was it was sort of dystopian but it was also supposed to be it was satire it was written as satire and it was supposed mm. to be just like sort of dark comedy
0: mm.
1: yeah and I think the sa- I guess Kubrick I don't know I, I haven't seen the movie in so long it's not mm. funny I mean it's it's satirical and there's dark comedy but it's not like mm. it's not funny if that makes mm. any sense
0: I guess there's some iconic images that have come out of it, but we really are on a tangent here. Uh, what were we talking about? Cavallera conspiracy. That's right. Uh, ultraviolet. So uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, it finishes with a with a great whoo, uh, <clears throat> a, a classic Cavalera grunt. So maybe let's uh, let's finish our discussion of ultraviolet and our <laughs> sort of uh, unpacking of it here with a whoo. <clears throat> And get into the next one, which is called Hex. Uh, I can't even remember whose turn it is, so let let me go. Now, Hex. Now, here, and these two brothers have always had a big influence from the punk scene, and it really comes through here. Uh, When they toured Australia in the early 90s, I bought, and there's probably the prior to my CD collection is an autographed copy of the the Australian tour CD. And on it is a cover of a Dead Kennedy song called Drug Me. And um, I think there's a big influence from punk. You know, you can see it in the logo, and I think there's a lot of, of punk aspects to this band and this album. And here, that song Drug Me really, you know, struck me. This is the closest thing I've heard to their cover of drug me. So perhaps we'll put a link to maybe both the original drug me and the cover of drug me. And you you can hear what I, what I mean when I say that lyrically, I have no idea something violent. I'm not sure (laughs) hex, Um, but yeah, in the same like drug me just had a repeated uh, in the chorus was just drug me, drug me. And this is just a a similar vocal thing in the, in the chorus. Um, So Really fast, some nice vocal effects in the latter half of the song, and a great riff that that sort of in, in the I think it's in the second half, the like a hex bit, um, and some nice bass. The bass uh, jumped out at me on this one as well, as it does in the drug me when it's everything stops and you get a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like that as mm. punk bands often do. Uh, anyway, so that, that were my thoughts. The, the link back to the Dead Kennedys and, and some of their early influences.
1: We've got um, this one and the next one, I think, are two of the shortest songs. No, I guess there's one more. But these were kind of into some of the shorter songs here. Uh, mm. And this one just sort of just crashes out of the speaker and is relentless from start to finish. Um, again, I feel like there's a bit of a choreography bit for this. It's sort of like it was there's a break for the, the circle moshing that's happening at the halfway point. And I really like how at the end, it sort of gives Igor a chance to kind of just be pulled out front. Right. And we just kind of got the vocals and the drums sort of sort of ending this song yeah uh, which takes us into the doom the doom of all fires track Hmm. seven uh this one i this is the shortest song on the album uh he throws in some portuguese i think is that what it is i don't know Uh, i thought the last one was latin and turns out it was clockwork orange so Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have gone beyond half-ass research on this. Ask um, me in
0: six months; I'll tell you if it's Portuguese or not.
1: Uh, that's right. It, you'll you'll know in time, won't you? Um, yeah. the, uh, do you want to make that announcement? <laughs>
0: I'm moving to Portugal, everyone. Anyway, <laughs>
1: um, the the end is a great thrashy riff uh, plus guitar solo. Um, it's not a long song, but it kind of you know covers all of the bases for a solid thrash tune.
0: Mm. Yeah, another Igor showcase as well. This is, uh, And you can hear, I've spoken about the themes of the sort of third world uprising, and you can hear that in the lyrics here, the crash of the west, Uh, the fallen not forgotten shall inherit this earth. Um, You know, I like the idea of the third world at some point in the future, taking over (laughs) and, you know, I imagine they might do a better job than the First World seems to be doing running the show. You never know. Um I don't know what those words are. Tatoda, Tatoda The Tona Mix Hell. I, there is a Mix Hell is a there's a connection there. Mixhell is the name of the DJ, the the um Igor's wife that I mentioned earlier. I think he she and Igor their little musical um outfit is called Mix Hell. So they've managed to, to throw in a, yeah. a, link, a link there. Uh, what's her name? Lamer Leighton, I think. Um, the the crazy finish to this really stood out. The the really fast, almost just vocals reminded me a little bit of uh, Postmortem by Slayer, that, that fast bit in that where you've just got to get the words out as fast as you can. Uh, the next song. Now, Blood Brawl. This, to me, is the centerpiece on the of the album. I'm calling it now, this is my favorite song on the album. You mentioned a song in three parts. This is another song in three distinct parts. What a riff to kick it off. I love the just the central riff in, in that opening and the fact that we get a, one of those ooh to, to kick the riff off is so, just so good. But each part of this... Is superb. So you get that cool rocking riff in the first third of the song, and then it all stops, and we get a boom, 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 doom, doom. You know that big, um, massive drum sound into the slower middle section. The resolution of that middle riff is my is my favourite part on the album. Um, you know, you get the. the oh, should I sing a riff? That just. <laughs> Just listen to it. You know what I mean. But you know the ding. You know when a riff has a nice finish. So you just listen for it, listeners. Go back and listen again.
1: I, I, think, and, you should, I think you should sing it
0: again. <laughs> no, no, that'll that'll do. But um, some really nice work as well from Rizzo here. So just in just in case the song starts to get a bit samey, he comes in with some little noodling and, and um, just some nice little touches just to to keep your interest up, even on your 10th or 20th listen, you, you can still notice some, some new things there that, that he has added. And then you get into the last third, which is an acoustic outro with some strings, um, which is superb, a, a really great finish, and um, and, and even some, some sort of vocal chanting. I guess maybe if I was trying to look for parallels in that last section, I was thinking of some of those Black Sabbath, uh, the slower – uh instrumentals that, mm. that they did um mm-hmm. you know with that's kind of almost like a spanish flamenco-y kind of sound in in uh, in the guitar there so a lovely finish to the song so superb song love this i don't think it's one they play live i haven't even heard of much talk about this as a great song or anything but to me it's just incredible i love it so i, I don't know if you felt the same it, oh, and so, some didgeridoo, was it didgeridoo right at the very end? I think it might have been, or some sort of, so there's a bit of tribal touch just at the very end too, just in case the rest of it wasn't enough. But yeah, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I didn't mention, by the way, this was also one of my, I was torn between this one or ultraviolet as my as my favorites for the for yeah. the album. Um, I don't, you've kind of just locked on it. You've said everything that I was have written down yeah, to say sorry. about it. But no, sorry. but I wonder if the idea of them not having played it live is is the fact that I think that 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 final piece of the song, which is so critical to the song, is probably pretty hard to pull off live just mm. with the sort of the, the that, that haunting choir that's 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 kind of happening behind it. And it's 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 a real sort of just that, that buildup of the ambiance is probably pretty difficult to pull off. Um, it it almost at times feels like two separate songs. Uh, there is a thread that that links it all together, but it's it. Yeah, this is this is a really cool song. It's one of the longest ones on the album, and and we I've talked about this a lot. I I don't know why I get so focused on sequencing, but I mean that's what we're doing. We're talking about an album, and sequencing is such a it, it's 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 a major art of putting together an album is putting the songs in the right order, and and I always feel like track eight that's always the one where if they're going to try to like hide a song or bury a song, they're going to throw it in track eight. And so uh, I like that whenever an album jumps out and track eight is one of the better songs on the album. I don't know. I think there's something to be said for that. <laughs> um, okay. Which moves us into never trust another short song. Uh, I really, I'm going to be honest. I don't have much to say about this. There are, are um like hex it kind of crashes out of the speakers relentlessly from start to finish i looked at the lyrics and there's a line there where it says like never trust the emo kids never <laughs> tr- never trust the fallout boy and i was just is this personal is he <laughs> is so i i don't know what to make of that um yeah. while you're that, on
0: the, the lyrics while you're on the lyrics there's there's a line in here that i have been i misheard and I've been singing it every time, it's Never Trust the Toothpaste. But for some reason, I heard that as Never Trust the Toothpaste. And uh, <laughs> I've been looking at my toothpaste very suspiciously ever since. <laughs> What's in you, toothpaste? <laughs> uh, let me read the ingredients again. Um but yeah, really short song. This is another one of those big. There's a big punk influence here. So you know, pick your uh, sort of hardcore punk band, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, whatever. There's, and even the name of the song. It sounds like a punk band. Never trust. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big big influence here. Over very quickly, um, but it's still very enjoyable. The next one. <laughs> At this point, I'm starting to starting to run out of. Things to say. I mean, they're all good songs at this point. This next one's called Hearts of Darkness. So, I perhaps there's another literary reference in there, although I didn't notice. I, I don't make, think it's a direct reference to the to the Conrad uh, book. Although they wouldn't be the first metal band uh, to 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 include something like that. Um, Gallop, a sort of galloping riff in this one. All I've written this in this is that it's just super thrashy and cool. So uh, hopefully you've got something more to say about it than that. But there's a nice outro in this one, a, a kind of a dub outro, and I think that's the sort of stuff that Igor and his partner play, and you can, and it leads into the next, sets up the next song very nicely. But before we move on to uh, the next song, have you got anything extra to add about Hearts of Darkness other than super thrashy and cool?
1: It's, I think that lyrically this, so lyrically this album on the whole, I found disappointing. Um, it, it felt not, I don't know. I just, I feel like uh, Cavalier's lyrics from what I've heard and kind of, you know, some of the Sepulchre and Soulfly stuff ha, ha, has an opportunity to kind of be more cultural and, and, and spiritual, right? And And there is sort of that, I think you referenced it earlier, the idea of invoking sort of strength and power and, and kind of an oppressed people. Um, and I feel like this the lyrics to this one do that in a way that the lyrics to the rest of the songs don't, right? Like what what I'm going to say when we go into must kill is mm-hmm. this is the exact opposite of must kill, which, which is what I was looking for. And I think that there may be tangentially, loosely some Conrad uh, influence if we look at kind of what the song's about. And it's that idea of kind of just the the war that suppressed people around the world and kind of, you know, hearing their voices, mm. um, which I guess is Heart of Darkness, right? Kind of mm. going into the, the heart of Africa and finding the people um, or the humanity, uh, which, but yeah, other than that, I can't, there's not, I don't have much to add to, to the song lyrically I it, it is somewhat musically it, it's a cool song it's kind of repetitive but lyrically uh I think the song is more of what I was looking for when I saw that the Cavalera boys were getting back together hmm. which takes yes. us into must kill final song on the album I think the longest song on the album actually um but that's just because of the outro uh it I, I don't know I mean the title pretty much sums it up the lyrics are just sort of like a string of violent mandates Mm. Right, just kind of just felt it. It might have been timing, sort of the 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 cultural climate of what we live in now versus what he was talking about then. But just the the onslaught of kind of just the the violent sort of imagery that's portrayed throughout this album got got to be a bit much after a while. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of nuance here. Lyrically. Uh, it is built around a really cool riff. Um, and then we get kind of just sort of that spacey outro.
0: Mm. Yeah. And we get our very first, um, cuatro. So it's nice to hear one of those snuck in just near the end of the album. Um, I agree lyrically. Yeah, it's it is. They're very violent. Very it's a it's a call to to vi- a violent uprising. So you know you have to you have to accept that in listening to that, and and perhaps put it aside depending on on your thoughts on on the matter. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I, I think heavy metal you know, you're not meant to take these things literally, right? You, you know, they're not actually telling the listener to go out and kill people. It's just a way of letting off some steam. Um, and, you know, that's one of the beauties of heavy metal, just to, that release. Um, I, yeah, I agree. That I love the riff in this, especially with that little harmonic pinch, that little, uh, which again was a, a kind of Gojira-y uh, kind of, touch I, I thought and um, yeah I, the, but the standout for me was the outro the last minute of this so <laughs> I, I loved it and um, you know I know that this is um, again the the, uh, the partner I think of Igor who I've mentioned a couple of times Lema Leighton I want to hear some more of that stuff I could listen to a whole album of that outro you know, I'm, you know perhaps at the end of the night kind of thing when you're just trying to unwind after a metal gig, I really enjoyed the, the last. It was great sound and a great way to finish the album. So, yeah, if I can find a whole album of that, I'll, uh, I'll happily digest it. Um, but, yeah, a nice, uh, you know, a, a fitting way to end the album, I thought, with, with such a, a violent song or a violent message built around a great riff, which is basically uh, sort of encapsulates the whole album in some ways um now that's it for me as far as this album's concerned I my version stops there but I believe there are some versions of this album that have some extra tracks and I think if you're listening to it on a streaming service you might uh you might get access to those as well I haven't but um, you know what was on Apple Music? There were a couple of extra ones thrown yeah. on at the end there.
1: Two extra tracks. One called The Exorcist, which uh, I played it a bit for you before we started recording. It has kind of this cool um, sort of acoustic intro that plays against, um, what is it? Tubular Bells? Is that the, what the old? Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, Mike Oldfield.
1: Thank you, Mike Oldfield. Uh, it sort of kind of weaves in and out with that. I think we were talking about it's a cover of a Possessed song. Is that true?
0: yeah that's yeah i'm in this according to wikipedia and they've never been wrong it's a possessed color
1: okay um and then the other one is called In conspiracy which yeah. uh it fit it i i don't know why it wasn't on the album to be honest with you it it fits i mean it it sort of matches up with everything else on the album um mm. i'm i'm not sure seems like 12 tracks would have been a nice even number for the album but for whatever reason it was maybe it was written later, who knows? Uh, mm. it just didn't make the cut.
0: Yep. Um, all right, I'll have to go and have a listen. Maybe we can put a link to those uh on our show notes as well. So let's uh gather ourselves and have a think about our overall thoughts before we uh prognosticate, prognosticate? <laughs> about what might come next. So just to wrap it up, uh, your thoughts, Scott. The album as a whole.
1: Um, Musically, it was like, I love, I loved hearing the Cavalier boys back together again. Mm. Uh, I loved hearing the way that they play off each other. I think this, this might be speculation. I don't know if I read this somewhere, if I'm just making this up, but. um, I, 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 I'm not sure that they knew that. I I think that maybe there was a possibility that this was just going to be like a one-off thing. Mm. And this album was kind of just sort of an opportunity for those two to get back together again, mm-hmm. which uh, I feel like I just because I know what Max Cavalera is capable of and because I know what he can do, um, I just I found the lyrics sort of maybe rushed. And I don't know, I'm hoping that we know now they I'm certainly I don't think they knew this then, but we know now that there's going to be what three more albums. Mm. And so I'm hoping that there's a little bit more, I don't know, inspiration that goes into kind of some of those other aspects of going into the next couple of albums.
0: Mm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a very angry album and and I agree. The lyrics are probably the weak point. Um, Having said that, I mean, it sounds amazing. So the great production job by Logan Mader, I thought, especially the drums. And it was so nice Mm. to hear Igor, Back in, with such incredible precision and fury, and so well recorded. And and then again, the other thing that stood out to me, and I mentioned it before, was the extraterrestrial guitar playing from from uh, Rizzo. And uh, you know, every time there's a solo, my ears just pricked up, and, and uh, you know, I was sort of taken away on a on a spaceship. Uh, beyond beyond the solar system somewhere so um, yeah re- enjoyed it found myself bobbing my head a lot loved the breakdowns here and there and you know just that song blood brawl was was worth the price of admission alone I thought that's just a great song that'll go into my all-time favorites uh, you know my all-time mixtape um, as one of the not just the best song of the album, but I, one of the best songs we've done on this podcast, I thought. So that mm. was great. And, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Looking forward to the next one. And um, I've ordered that. That'll be arriving in the post as uh, as usual. I'll, it'll be on my doorstep. Um, some nice, friendly postman or, or postwoman will deliver that here in the next few days. So I'll send you a, a, a picture of that on WhatsApp to make you jealous. Um, and pop that in my CD player and be blown away again. So let's see where they go. I can't imagine they're going to do much different.
1: This no, I'm like, hmm. It Definitely, definitely worked.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not sure if they get all the same members back for the next album. So let's, but we can wait and talk about that when we're discussing. It. I'm not sure if, um, if if Joe comes back and he's a permanent member of the band or or um, or what. I'm, I'm not sure, but we'll find out soon, I suppose.
1: All right. We don't want to talk about that now.
0: No, no. Let's leave it for the next one. And uh, listeners, you can come along for the journey with us, as as always. Mm. But uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: In this fact, is- you've you've given it a listen already. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I did a little bit. Sneaky. Yeah.
0: yeah. We, we, we um, took too long on this one. We,
1: we, it was. It was. I mean, it was life. Life was happening.
0: Yeah, uh, You got to listen to something on your way to the dump.
1: <laughs> that's the I think every time we come back, I, I that's like, because we always do these recordings on a Saturday and I got to yeah. get up early in the morning because it's, it's, it's not technically a dump. It's called a transfer station. Some guy comes out with a truck and gathers your garbage and then takes <laughs> it to the dump himself. Um, Anyway, but he only does he only does it for like this certain three hour chunk of time, and if you get there too late, it's like backed up, and you're standing in line with just everybody in their garbage. Yeah. Um, so I got to get there early, and yeah. and that's that's the whole thing about my my drive on those Saturday mornings is listening to the album that we're going to talk about that one yeah. final listen while yeah. dodging moose who are trying to run up <laughs> on a traffic.
0: Is that the plural of moose? Is, is moose the plural of moose?
1: I think so. Uh, I've. I think so. Uh, I've only lived in moose populated areas for three years. so uh, yeah,
0: My wife would, would have fun with that one.
1: And it's, it's, it tends to be those herd animals that run out in front of traffic like deer and moose. and, and Kangaroos. And I uh, see, but. Uh, kangaroo, I should say. <laughs> <and kangaroo. laughs>
0: we need to do uh, the bad brown though. We, we must not yeah. forget that.
1: Uh-uh. Let's do it now. Do you want to go first or me? Uh yeah I'll go. Uh, whew. I'm gonna give one
0: vote to Joe Plantier. Why? Because he's Joe Plantier. and uh, you know <laughs> you just gotta sneak him in. You, hey, all the great man. I mean, he's uh, he's just a. I, I just really like the guy, so he gets uh, he gets a vote for that. I'm, uh, a little bit of an influence, especially on that. Ultraviolence song. I thought that that sounded like a classic Gojira, and, and had me pining for a bit of Gojira there. And I think, you know, maybe there's a. It was his influence that that allowed them to to hook up with Logan Mater. I'm, I'm not sure, or maybe I don't know which way it worked. But um, and, and I love the production on this. Uh, well done to Joe. Uh, it was hard. It was difficult tossing up for my. Three, my best on ground versus my second best. So I'm gonna give. Hmm, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. I, I'm so tempted, but Rizzo's going to get my two votes, and um, I, I just can't listen to a drumming performance like this and not give it the three votes. It's just one of my favorite all-time drummers, and he's in. Incredible form here, and, and it's uh, beautifully recorded, as I mentioned. So it was very close between Rizzo and Igor, but uh, Igor gets the three votes and Rizzo the two for me.
1: All right. So for me, um, I gave my one vote to – I gave it to Rizzo. Uh, I had to – I couldn't I – my top two votes had to go to the Cavalera brothers. Right. And what I wrestled with was who got who got what. Mm-hmm. Um, the performance on the album, and this is where maybe maybe I need some clarity on what we're voting on here. But the performance on the album, <laughs> I have to don't ask for clarity. I have, to go well, with I have no idea what we're voting on. I have to go with Igor. But the fact that Max, so the fact that Max Cavalera. Basically put this album together, whipped these songs up out of nowhere Yeah, just purely because so he had an excuse to jam with his brother (laughs) means I got to give, I'm giving Igor my two votes and I'm giving Max my three votes. Just the inspiration that went into it and and, then putting this whole thing together.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, And I I will
1: say the the other reason Max might have bought my three votes is, do you know Cameo?
0: Yeah, like word that up thing that,
1: where, that thing where you, you go ahead the band, and it, the, the band it, that, uh,
0: that sang word up.
1: <laughs> no, it's that oh. the app where you go, you go pay a famous person to send a message to somebody. Anyway, right. a, a buddy of mine, uh, th- this comes back, so I, I know right now I see on your face that you're like, oh, this is getting cut, but hold on, <laughs> <stay with you. laughs> a buddy of mine is a mayor, um, in, in, back home in Iowa. And it, during the whole COVID thing, he was doing a mask mandate for his town. And there was this whole uprising and people were mad at him and the governor was mad at him. And he was like, no, this is like early days of COVID b- before vaccine. And, and so the, I sent Max Cavalera was on uh, cameo and I had him send a message to my buddy and he sang like he just sat there and gave this like cool message and was calling him like metal Matt, the mayor and all this cool stuff and, <laughs> and and sang like a soul fly song. Uh, song. It was awesome. It was anyway. So how can I, I got to give max three votes just based on that alone.
0: Yeah. We give him three for the rest of rest of the albums as well. <laughs> there are so many things in that <laughs> that need unpacking, but that's probably going to be an extra hour. So, it's yeah. cut,
1: isn't it? You're cutting
0: it. No, I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting it. It's staying in. As if I would cut anything important out of this is just, you know, what you hear is what you get, listeners. We don't you know, we don't leave stuff on the cutting room floor.
1: Unedited, just-
0: unshuffled
1: and unedited.
0: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Matt the Mayor. I don't know. Is there anything you can link to? Is that on is that out in uh, No,
1: No. He used to listen to space? our podcast. I think I if if we've lost I don't know if he listens anymore. He used to listen. Oh, um, right. I'll, I'll look. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible for me to share it. I'll see what I can find. I'll see what all I can. Right. If you don't find it, I'll
0: just link to Word Up by Cameo, and that'll have to do. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we've just about covered everything off, and uh, even thrown in a, a funny little story <laughs> at the end. Um, thank you, listeners. We do appreciate your time. Uh, you know, um, spending an hour with us, uh, waffling on. We do appreciate it and we hope it sort of adds something to your experience of the album because, you know, it's fun to listen to an album but it's nice to have someone to share it with and that's kind of the role we're, we're hoping to fill, just someone, just an extra voice for you to think about what you've listened to and, and compare your thoughts to ours. So I hope you've enjoyed doing it with us. If this is a new band for you, I, you know, I hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did and, and you'll come with us as we continue with uh, the next album which uh, I've ordered, but I've forgotten the name of it.
1: Blunt yeah. force trauma.
0: Ah, there we go. A, a very metal sounding title, blunt force trauma. <laughs> from from uh, what three or four years yeah. after this one, I think. So yep let's let's wait and get into that one. So there's uh, there's our next few weeks of listening and and dump runs for you sorted. And. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it very much. I think we've chosen wisely, as the as they say near the end of that Indiana Jones film, you chose wisely. And um, yeah, been a pleasure, Scott. Nice to catch up with you, and nice to hear you got to the hills of Vermont safely. And um, yeah, you you know you're dodging moose uh, with with great precision. As yes, you, as you you know, bang your head to. <laughs> to the Cavalier boys. Well done. Uh, so thank you, Scott. Thank you. As we always say, a special thank you to Small Stone, the fantastic US-based record label. And, and while you're in Vermont, you might want to uh, stock up on your Small Stone, see what they've released in the last 12 months and uh, get some vinyl headed your way. Uh, the band you hear is called Seven Planets. Uh, they, they've been kind enough to... To allow us to use the track in the opening and closing part of the podcast the album's called explorer and the track is called vanguard so go and check that out too if you like that that's uh, a lot of fun it's instrumental fuzz rock good stuff um yeah
1: yeah no yeah. thank you thank you matt thank you listener and and metal mayor matt if you're still if you're still listening <laughs> Uh, send us a link to that cameo if
0: you can. <laughs> Middleman Matt. Oh, man. I want to meet this guy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to meet you, Middleman Matt, at some point in the future. <laughs> and uh, th- thanks to you and, and thanks to all our listeners. We do appreciate it. We, we love the chance to do this. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to us that people listen to this and, and enjoy it. But um, we'll keep doing it while, while you're listening to us. So, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Max and Igor and Joe and Mark and thank you, world. <laughs> this has been unshuffled, and let's finish with a suitable on a suitable note.
1: Ooh. Take care, all.